All right, how's it going, family? Always, always, always feels great to be here in Brooklyn. Uh, it, it feels different also. There's, there's something in the air in Brooklyn that uh, I think makes you sweat faster. Um, but that's, you know, that's a good thing because it's Brooklyn. Uh, guys, I'm just, again, I'm extremely... Every, every time, even if we're driving past Brooklyn and not stopping there, I feel like I just have to say thank you. Um, because if it wasn't for this specific church, uh, I would not be the disciple, um, which changes a lot of other stuff in my life as well. So thank you guys so, so much for your patience with me, um, for putting up with you know everything that's not good about me, uh, and for loving my family. I, I can't. I can't thank you guys enough for, for how much my family feels take care, taken care of uh, by you guys. So like, like Phil said, uh, Hannah and I are, are visiting, um, not this weekend, we're visiting now uh, for, the, for the, we go back, back to Baltimore on, uh, on Thursday. Um, but as you're very familiar with, my, my dad's health is, is looking pretty bad. And, uh, and because of that, we've actually decided to move back to New York uh, permanently. Um, this, this the plan is for us to be uh, be in New York, uh, living here by August first. Now we we just bought a house in Baltimore. Um, we just kind of really kind of got rooted in. Uh, but I think just taking all things into consideration and and really wanting to respect and honor my family, I think it is 100% the right move for us to come back. Now we don't know where. I have no idea where I'm going to live. I don't know where I'm going to work. Uh, that stuff is still very much up in the air, and, and prayers, and we'll you know we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but as of right now, we're 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 done. We're we're deciding 100% that we're moving back. Um, so please keep us in your prayers uh, because there's a lot to pray about. So please please keep us in your prayers. Um, this is a it's the decision that I think years down I look back and I feel very proud of, and I, I hope that it's it's something that that Lucas as he grows older and kind of explain how we ended up where we ended up that he feels proud of us as well. Um, so again, we're we're coming back and I'm looking forward to eventually just kind of being in the same state as you guys. So so that's that's great. Uh, and please, and I actually I just came from the hospital to uh, seeing my dad as well. Uh, he thanks you so much for for your prayers. Um, thank you for your prayers and your concern and, and again how how much you you love you love him. So please continue to pray. Uh, miracles exist. So let's let, let's let's not stop stop praying. Um, now, amongst all of the craziness that that we have we have going on with the trying to sell the house, trying to drastically shift um, the ministry that we're a part of, trying to figure out like where we're going to be um, in New York. It is extremely comforting to know that one constant that no matter what happens that is going to be there is the word of God. God's word, um, as, as much as all kinds of craziness may happen, the word of God is the same in difficulty, in victories, in, in challenges, in just kind of, I'm not sure what's going on. God's word remains 100% constant no matter what. And honestly, over the past couple of, over the past couple of years, I have become it's just a really, really big fan of the Bible. Um, really, really loving God's instruction for me. Uh, God's plan for me, being able to kind of get into the, the thought process of the creator of the universe has been uh, something that's uh, it's just very, very powerful. Now, I've also got 
four years, right? So technically like a college degree in marriage. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I did. I did my four years. Got my got my bachelor's. Uh, no. Well, I've, I'm no longer a bachelor because I'm married. Uh, and and what what I've found, and you know, please uh, let, let's just say I made this up, is that communication is huge in marriage. Uh, it is absolutely, absolutely vital. Um, communication is is key, but not just key like as a as a phrase, but it really is key to unlocking the full potential of what the relationship could, uh, could be. Um, growing in communication is something that you really never stop doing. On the way here, on the, and communication dr while driving is right. Uh, on the way here, Hannah had mentioned that she wanted to be on the same page about things. Now, in my mind. The same page means that all of the details have been communicated because that's what a page is, it's details. So the same page means that, okay, the details have been talked about. So I'm telling her the details, thinking that's what, obviously what the same page means. Come to find out, Hannah's, under, Hannah's view on the same page means all of the emotions and all of the feelings have been talked about. What? <laughs> That is not at all how I think, but I'm madly in love with this woman, so I have to continue to grow in my understanding of her. I have to grow to, to, to know who she is, and when I know, the more I know about her, the more I love her, and the more I love her, the more I want to know about her as well. So it's this cycle of continual growth and knowledge and understanding, and that's exactly what God intends for us when we come to his word, that we love him. We are absolutely blown away by, by our love for God, and that makes us want to know him more. So we read about who he is. Get, get, we get into his thought process and figure out, like, what, what does God really think about this situation? And then when we find that out, we love him even more, so we then research even more. And we, we, we investigate even more, and we grow in our love and our understanding in this really beautiful cycle of getting to know God better. And the Bible offers that. Like, if, if there was a manual to understand everything about marriage. Like in this situation, see page, whatever, go to the point. I would appreciate that a lot. Um, the, you know, it's, you, you can say the Bible is that, but in terms of our relationship with God, he gives us absolutely everything. Here's every single nuance, every single everything that you need to really thrive in a relationship with him. To be on the same page as God, you just gotta get to the, into the pages of the Bible. And it's all, it is all, all the time uh, right there. Uh, really quick, if you guys can turn your Bibles to Exodus 3.5, as we set kind of a foundation for Bible study. Exodus 3.5. Actually, we'll, we'll start reading from verse, uh, from verse 1, Exodus 3.1. And let me also say that that, that, that analogy of... The, the longer I've been married, the more I love my wife, the more I want to get to know her. I hope is, a, is kind of a, at least for me, it's a, it's a healthy reminder of how the longer that I am in Christ, the more I should want to get to know about Christ. I think sometimes we, uh, it's the young, the young people or the people that are, that are recently 
converted that, that we, okay, you guys are allowed to be excited about getting to know about God. We already know who God is, so please enjoy your excitement while it lasts. But trust me, when you get to my age, it's not going to be as exciting. Now, I can't take that into marriage. That doesn't work. That, that, I, I, can't, I can't bank on yesterday's appreciation for Hannah tomorrow. So I have to constantly, the, the evidence that my love for her is growing is that I should want to get to know her more. I'm from the same way with God. But I think the longer that we're in him, the more we should want to be in him, which means if you've been a disciple for a long time, you should really, really love your Bible. You should, you should feel like I can't live without this because I understand life without the word of God more than someone that just got in here. Um, so just as, as a reminder for those that have been around for a long time, this is really powerful stuff, and we can't let that, get, get, let that go stale. Uh, so Exodus 3 in verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he uh, led a flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to uh, Horeb, the mountains of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames from the fire within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over there and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I'm going to stop right there. This is an amazing story. Uh, this is very, very early on in the Bible, and we have God in his perfection appearing to Moses through a, a burning bush. Moses gets closer, and God says, wait, hold on. This space you are about to enter is holy ground, so please don't bring your, your filthy sandals in here. This is holy, holy area. You need to understand how holy the presence of God is. Now, the Bible is holy ground. Our personal time in Bible study is the exact same interaction that Moses has here, where we're entering a place of literally take off your sandals, holy ground. Now, if, I don't know, if, if, if someone, who do I look up to this? If, I'm a, I'm a big LeBron James fan. If LeBron James t sends me a text message right now, it's going to be very hard for me to concentrate on what I'm doing right now. Because that's, that's someone that I, I think is, you know, athletically is one of the greatest at any sport of all time. Um, one of the, I said one of the, so, okay. Um, but the, beca because I understand the importance of him, it, it, getting a message from him changes whatever I was feeling before I got that message. Coming into contact with the word of God. This is the power that thought that the sun would be a good idea, and then the sun happened. Like, that's the power. Every single time we open our Bibles for personal Bible study, it's not just a quiet time. There was nothing quiet about the creation of the world. That's God saying, I want this to be this way, and it happened, and now every single one of us have access to that power. So we cannot, for a second, water down the power and the importance and the holiness of Bible study. Um, so that, that just kind of as a, as a foundation. Uh, let's look at a, a 2 Timothy 3.16, a passage that we're all very familiar with. 2 Timothy 3.16, why do we need to be invested in Bible study? Because God has given us holy ground that we can exist in whenever we want. 2 Timothy 3.16. 
It reads, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the Son of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, we use this, Bible, we use this verse to explain to people, here's what the Bible is used for. What is training? Well, training is... Uh, okay. What is correcting? Okay, correcting is... Uh, and those are all good things. But more than just, I think, I think, you know, sometimes when I look, I, I try to use this to emphasize how, oh, you know, all, all scripture came from God. Like kind of how like I'm breathing and it comes out for me. And so the Bible is God's word. Cool. Then you move on. But think about what did God put his breath into ever? Adam, which transformed him from a pile of mud into a human. And then the Bible. Those are the two things that God has claimed to breathe into. So, when I have contact with the Word of God, I'm coming into the same transformative power that turned mud into man. Now, if God is capable of that through just His Word, my current situation of not knowing where I'm going to live and question, and like, are the doctors making the right decision here? And... How are we going to financially figure out how to go from living in a, I mean, very easy to live in Baltimore financially, so that's not the case here. Well, God turned mud into man with his word alone. Just by breathing on this, he changed. So wherever you find yourself today, no matter what financial trouble, no matter what personal trouble, no matter what like relationship trouble you may you might you may find yourself in, no matter how stressful, no matter how whatever the health situation is, not as a oh, that's a cool Christian thing to think, but real life, God's word transforms, makes something look completely different than it did at the beginning, completely alters every state of being that you're that you're talking about here, and that's. Bible study. That's personal time in God's thought process. Transforming, because that's what his breath does. God's breathing into something changes how it looks, and every single time we open our Bibles, we have access to that. So why? Why Bible study? Why is that so vital in the relationship between man and God? Because God's plan is to transform us. We don't just talk for talking's sake. We don't just, oh, well, you know, let, let, me, let me read my Bible today so I can say that I did it. I'm supposed to be transformed. I'm supposed to, everything about me is supposed to be altered because of the power that God wants to breathe into my life. Now Hannah's going to share. God's word does really transform. I have seen God and his word change lives, and it really has changed mine. Personally, I like to pray more than read because I like to get all my feelings out, <laughs> like Stephen said. Um, especially now, though, when going through so many different transitions, life stages, becoming a new mom, you know, to an almost a year and a half year old little boy, and through deaths in our family and illnesses in our family, and um, feeling like I don't have much time to read or pray and. You know, I, I push myself to do it because I know I really need it. I know I need God's word um, in my life. And I feel really connected to God um, and on the same page with him when I write out everything that I'm thinking and feeling to him. You know, when I'm reading my Bible and praying is to be on the same page with his, to know him. 
You know, there are times where it's really hard to read my Bible and to pray. I've come to realize that um, when I don't want to change, I don't read. <laughs> because I know that the Bible calls for a response and it calls for a change. So when I don't want to do it, I, I let it be. Like when God is trying to show me something in my character and I'm really fighting it, um, I start to read my Bible less. And then I hit walls and I really, um, yeah, I get really stuck. And then I need to see that I need to obey God. I need to surrender and I need the Bible to help me to do that because I love God. You know, I want to be with God. I want him to know me and I want to, I want, um, to know him, to be with him in eternity. You know, so in the moments where it may be challenging or painful or just plain tiresome, I remind myself that I need this. I need God and I need his word to carry me, to comfort me, uh, to lead me to be with him. So spiritual. Uh, so you guys can hear about us to Romans, Romans 12, verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1, it was probably uh, the, the Be Transformed camp, yeah. 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 20, 2008, that was, that was probably my favorite one, uh, 2008. This passage was <laughs> drilled into our head that summer. <laughs> uh, Romans 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as, living as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So here's the truth. Whether you know it or not, you're absorbing stuff nonstop. Like, you, you, so here's, here's the day. You wake up, your alarm goes off, you look at your, your emails, your, your, your social media. There's nothing wrong with that, but you're absorbing information. You're absorbing where you see your self-worth. You're absorbing uh, instructions and plans for the day. And then you get ready and you go to work, and now you have to absorb the job hierarchy and job stress and, and traffic. Goodness gracious, I completely forgot about how bad traffic can be uh, just in, in period is it's, it's 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 crazy but like you're, you're absorbing whatever is on the radio you're absorbing um uh music you're absorbing interactions it's it's and it's again it's not a bad thing you, i mean you, you go home and watch watch tv watch the news you're absorbing all this information the problem though is that when we let this absorbing of information define who we are then we literally become the world like it's not, and it's, it's very, it's very subtle. It's almost an accident. Like you, you just happen to be outside, and you absorb everything. So why is Bible study so vital? Because we need to fill ourselves with this stuff to combat all the nonsense that's outside. Like hey, friendships, relationships, uh, uh, peer, whatever. That, that, that's all fine, but we're ju we're just the, we're just big sponges. So we go, and then everything gets in us. It becomes part of us. And it's so, so important that we allow, we allow our minds to be transformed by really taking in what God's plan for our lives is. And that's, that's true repentance. Like that's, that's, 
in the whole like well in, in God's plan for well how, how do I convert a lost world I mean it's it's repentance first because he wants us to get all that junk out of ourselves and fill ourselves with his will like, you first have to change how you think about the stuff for you to actually change how you behave about it and there's no way you can do that if you're filled with with world it just it, 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 it can't happen so so Bible study again is not just this well I guess I'm a Christian I have to do it because someone's gonna ask me if I didn't but it's it's allowing this to remove the saturation of worldliness that you're just like you cannot avoid it's you you, you can't escape the, you were literally in it all the time so the, so why is Bible study so vital because we need something to counteract what we're absorbing in um, the the Bible it, it, it really it really functions more like a like a super long text message um, than it does a book of instruction or information. Um, and you know, like you know, so iPhone users, when 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 you send a long text and it says read because the person read it and they don't respond, like that uncomfortability of like I know you saw this, I literally know you saw it because the phone told me that you saw it. Or when you send a long message and they say okay. Or just K period as a thing as like no 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 did you see I use like a thousand characters yes. and all the emojis yes. like how how can you what do you mean okay that's that's not you're not answering anything um, but when God talks to us through His Word right in this really long text message it demands a response it it, it demands us to okay acknowledge that it's been delivered read and now you have to reply you actually have to do something about what He's saying. Uh, otherwise, then God is sending us all of this amazing, like, in, like plans for our lives, and we're acknowledging it. Great, thanks, God. And then nothing changes. Now, for me, here's a practical on how I go about making this transition from just intellectual Bible study uh, to actually having it transform my life and, and, and change how I think about things. So there's every single book, chapter, and verse. Uh, communicates, at least from my understanding, two very clear things. What does this book, chapter, verse say about who God is? Uh, someone give me a number between one and a thousand. Sixteen. Six, wow, sixteen. That doesn't help. Uh, between a hundred and a thousand. What was that? Seven hundred thirty-nine. I like that. Seven thirty-nine. This is not how you should study the Bible, but just watch this. 739. All right, that puts me at Jeremiah 51. Let me get a number between 30 and 46. 14. 14. 30 and 46. <laughs> 35. All right, so I'm going to read uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 51 from uh, verse 33 to 35. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The people of Israel are oppressed, and the people of Judah as well. All their captors hold them fast, refusing to let them go. Yet their Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is his name. He will, he will vigorously defend their cause so that he may bring rest to their land, but unrest to those who live in Babylon. Okay, so what does, what does this communicate about God? That he's a Redeemer. And when I read this, I can't just, sure, this, this Jeremiah is this, this uh, prophet who explained a lot of how Israel was going to be in captivity, and because they blew it, they were going to stay in there for a while, but then they were going to leave. That's somewhat important, but God is a redeemer. 
So whatever situation that I'm in, I need to remember, okay, what, what does this tell me about God? Well, God redeems. Now, for, now, what that mean, now what, how does that affect me? Well, I need to be God's people. I need to be in God's people to reap the benefits of his rede redeeming nature. So, what, so what, what, I, what I leave this thinking is I got to make sure that if I want this redemption that, that the Bible is claiming to, to make available, I have to constantly stay on the side of God. Now, that's the shift from, oh, well, the fact is that Jeremiah is talking to so-and-so, and this happened, and that happened, that happened. Great. That's information. That, that's, that's school. But God talking to me, like, Stephen, I want you to know that what I do is redeem people. That's what I do. That's, 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 that's why I'm here. Now, if you want the benefits of that, you must stay in me. That's not a quiet time where I took some notes and left and now I'm unchanged. I have to behave differently now. Like, I genuinely have to practically, like, measurably be a different person knowing this. And that's how, at least for me, I make the jump from, let me just read the Bible, to what is God telling me today? What is, what, what, when I woke up and read that text message that he sent me, what is God communicating about, about who I am specifically today and how am I going to change because of that? That's what I do as a practical. It's, it's, it's helped for the past couple of years. Hannah's going to share some other practicals as well. Some of the things that have helped me uh, personally was going on dates with God. Um, I like to find new cafes, new restaurants, and I would li I literally go on a date with God, read my Bible, talk to God, and eat something really yummy. Um, another time that um, something has really helped me was writing out like the ABCs, and for every letter I would write words that describe God. You know, and starting with A all the way to Z, finding all those words that described him. That helped me in a really dark time. There are so many things you could do and try, you know, maybe trying something new, maybe changing up the setting, the location. Sometimes that helps. Going to a new spot, reading different books. But ultimately, if I'm ever stuck, I go to the cross, you know, to Jesus, to his life. He died for this. This isn't just a book. He died for God's word, so it may be fulfilled. It's worth so much more. You know, so those are some of the things that have worked for me and that have helped me. There are so many disciples here that you can learn from and you can ask and see what they've done and what they've experienced to see what works for you also. To dig deeper, because it's your relationship with God. So you really have to find um, what works between you and God to feel connected, to be connected, to be on the same page. So I took a course. Um, oh, man, one of those classes that you don't need, but you need. Uh, exactly. Um, in, uh, I think it was, got it, uh, ju junior year of college. It was essentially like advanced calculus in the field of statistics for business, you know, it just kept going. Um, it was bad. It was, it, was a, it was sad. It was really, really the kind of class that you just, you know, don't. You just don't. Um, and I remember there was, one, there was a midterm that I was clueless. Like, 
I have no idea what's going on, but I know that that it's really all formulas. Like if you remember the formulas, you just plug in the stuff and you'll be fine. So so I spent all of the night before uh, memorizing like 20 formulas, formulae, formulae. I don't know. Uh, memorizing like all of them. Then I, the, the paper came. I didn't even write my name. I turned I turned it over on the back and wrote out all of them. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good to go. But I had no idea what to do with them. Like they were all there. I memorized the 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 work. I just didn't know what what to do. And unfortunately, sometimes my Bible study can become that, where just like, oh, I know that it's, it says this, and this passage says that, and, and this is that, and I, I can memorize a bunch of stuff, um, but I forget what to do with it. Um, and I think what what Hannah is. Uh, really, what, what Hannah's example challenges me to do is that I, I really have to make this like my personal understanding, like my personal relationship with God. That, that's, that's not memorization. I can't memorize things about, about Hannah and hope that that, that counts as a relationship. Um, it's, it's, there's dialogue. There's give and take. Because like the formula might be different tomorrow than it was <laughs> right now. Um, but that's that's a relationship, and that, that that's why that's why it's so so powerful. One one more one more practical that I don't think is necessary. Um, I would I would never say that you need this to, to uh, in your in your personal Bible study. But I'll tell you that that I have seen it's almost like a, a Bible within the Bible. Um, when you get into like some some not that academically challenging, just deep. What's going on here? I'm going to use an example real quick in Jude. Just turn your Bible to Jude. We're just going to read Jude verse one, and then uh, and then we'll be uh, we'll be dismissed after that. Jude verse one. Jude is towards the end of the Bible. There's a there's no chapter. It is it is a chapter. So Jude verse one says Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. I'll read in verse 2, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. So, uh, a couple, I think like a year and a half, two years ago, um, I, I taught at a, uni- at a, at a, in a class at a university, um, I'm sorry, as, as part of like a campus thing that we did in one of the universities, uh, like a deep Bible study on the book of Jude. And I'll tell you, just verse one, I was done. I was like, so a couple of things here. Uh, Jude is Jesus's brother. If I was Jesus's brother and I'm writing a note that I want people to pay attention to, I'm going to say, Stephen, Jesus's brother tells you, do this. But what does Jude say? Jude says, servant of Christ Jesus. Though he has literal blood connection and cross-blood connection to Jesus Christ, he sees himself as a servant. So no matter what I accomplish ever, no matter what I can, oh, I, I did X, Y, and Z, I have to remain a servant of Christ. In my, like, that, that has to be my thought process. Otherwise, how am I going to look trying to advertise what I've done? I'm not Jesus' brother, but he's, oh, uh, I'm James's brother and a servant of, of Christ. Also, his name was actually Judas, 
but no one wanted to be Judas after Judas. So they literally shortened his name to Jude. Again, now none of that is in this verse. It doesn't say that he was actually Jesus' brother. It doesn't say that his name was actually Judas. Um, but that took a little bit more work. And just in verse 1, the humility that it takes to have all the, I mean, you have all the raw materials to brag about who you are, but still find comfort and security in being a servant. Goodness, I need that. I, I, I need to be that all the time. And that's, I think there, there's something like that. I, I'm not kidding. In every single book, chapter, and verse of this Bible, there's stuff that's not here. You're not just going to read and you're going to have to do a little bit more work. But for my personal Bible study, it's changed my life. It's completely changed how I view God's word to see that there's something behind all of this. And if I can figure out what, because that, that's, that's what the first people that would have read this would have known. Like, oh, Jude, but that's Jesus' brother. Wow. Wow. With all the right in the world to say that he deserves to be listened to, he calls himself a servant. So we need to be servants as well. And it's, you know, it's, it's a Bible study. It's a quiet time. But it's the word of God. It's the breath of the creator. It's the thing that's, that's allowing us to like exist right now and hold the universe together. They call it gravity. It's God. So the fact that we have this is mind-blowing. It's humbling. But I think we have to sometimes maybe look at it a little bit different and not take it for granted. I have to not take it for granted so I can allow myself to be transformed. Guys, I love you guys. This is going to be a, a challenging transition, but we're very, very grateful that New York is where we're going to end up being. Um, and I can't wait to you know, build the relationship and, and, and grow. This is going to, I think, cause us to grow a lot in our relationship with each other and our relationship with God. So please keep us in your prayers and let's stay in our Bibles. To God be the glory. Have a good night.